thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. Evidently, Mr. Ringo's an educated man. Now I really hate him. Yeah. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Hey. We're back. Oh, yes. Welcome back to the Brewing View Podcast. You must be Mr. Brad. I am, and you are always Andrew. I am. For, for a long time now, I've been. Yes. Uh, you made that change. You stuck with it. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to the podcast that critics say is uh, building a media empire brick by brick. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. brick by brick by brick. Mm-hmm. So, what's new in your world? Anything fun, exciting? Uh, yeah, lots, lots of fun and exciting stuff going on. Had a, a solid beer weekend. Haven't worked in a while, so I've done a lot of... Uh, a lot of sipping, swigging, and tasting. Um, I had—I think you had this one too. I did not uh, did not do a cross reference, but the um, ecliptic, uh, the sour peach beer from the PNW. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, um, yeah. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, I I would drink it all the time if I had access to it. Cool. Um, and, uh, so that was sent from master Zed. Um, 
still working through his beers, but I just want to, uh, not going to be reviewing it on Untapped, but he also made a, a homebrew that I got to try, and uh, it was fantastic. I was, I was very impressed. Good. Yeah. Uh, and any particular, uh, what, what type of, what are you, what was he, what was he going for? Uh, it was a black IPA, but I guess they call it a COA, maybe. I mean, okay. I need to double check. Um, <laughs> CDA, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Cascadian Dark Ale, uh, which is just a black IPA, but um, I guess the, they uh, get the name from the Cascade hops that grow in the uh, mountain region. Yeah. So. Very cool. Hmm. Always want to grow or want to brew beer, but just too damn too many podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always appreciate those guys that can go out there and do it and pull one off, you know, because it's not easy. Because mm-hmm. a lot of I've tasted a lot of home brews that just kind of taste the same, you know. Oh, this is my IPA. This is my lager. Yeah. This is my stout, and they all look about the same. Yeah. And taste the same. Yeah, I was telling you too. Um, the uh, he was worried about because I guess he he brews in pretty large batches. He was worrying uh, worried about bottling one um, from right. from the uh, keg tap. And uh, if uh, in a blind taste test, I would not have been able to tell uh, which one was home brewed and which one was store bought. So there you go, mark quality there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's real good. Um, but con- continuing with the the Master Z theme, um, I mm-hmm. did review. I am reviewing tonight one of uh, the beers he sent, a chili beer, oh, um, by Calipuya Brewing Co. Poo, yeah, in Albany, Oregon. Um, <clears throat> all, you, all you listeners out there might know it as the Pacific Northwest, mm. and uh, it's a spiced herbed beer. Uh, it's five point pint. 5.5 ABV, 10 IBUs, and uh, it's, uh, it says here in the style guide <laughs> that it's minimally hopped and generously flavored, uh, and I would say absolutely. I get okay. no hop taste to it, um, and it's kind of weird. There's like, I don't really taste any... Um, I don't really get anything from it, but heat. Like if there were no peppers in here, like this would be like, I don't know, like a light beer. It it seems like, but, uh, but I do like the heat behind it. Um, and it, they, they got that flavor down. Well, I gave it a 3.5. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking for, uh, when I drink these, these, uh, beers with these peppered beers i i am looking for the heat so it's easy for me to look past you know i wasn't i'm i'm not going for something hoppy it'd be cool if they did like a uh uh like a habanero ipa i've had before um mm-hmm. but that's not what i'm looking for with this so that's why um i i gave it a 3.5 is it's about the uh it's about the heat it brings and it gives a good um good burn on the back end there so okay that's cool. So I'm happy with it all in all. Very good. <clears throat> yeah. Like we always say, it's it's the novelty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's definitely hit or miss 
which uh, actually goes right along with what I'm drinking tonight. <clears throat> it's um, from Victory Brewing Company, which is in Downingtown, Pennsylvania, which is about eh, an hour and a half away from here. Um, your your friends that live up my way and mm-hmm. um, would know know much about this. Um, this is uh, their Black Forest Cake Stout. Um, it's a 7.5 ABV and 65 IBU, which is a little weird for a stout having that high of an IBU. Um, but it is, uh, so when you drink this, it's not like, oh my God, that's a cake. You know, you have, you've, I'm sure you've had, well, at least you've heard of black forest cake Yes, before, you know, it's like dark, dark chocolate and with cherries and, you know, just like a sweet, sweet and bitter taste together, I guess, you know, um, not bitter, but you, you know what I mean? It's, um, a heavy, a heavy sweet, I would say. And um, so this, this, the cherries come out big time in this. Uh, really good. Um, uh, it says uh, in in the style guide, it says the roasted malt balances out the lush cherry flavor, mm-hmm. and ends with a bittersweet finish. Which I actually, which is what I was kind of saying. There is a little bit of bitter in there. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's. It is an interesting beer. It's a one or two beer drink, uh, and it's heavy. I mean, it, it sits in your your belly for a while. So uh, last night I was born with my son and my wife, um, and this was on tap at uh, the the. It's nice. The place we go to is like a kind of like a Dave and Buster's, okay. Um, but it has bowling alleys. I don't think Dave and Buster's have bowling alleys, or maybe they do. I don't know. I've never been to one. I, don't I think. haven't either. But if they have one. I'd say less mean things about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so downstairs is like a n- real nice bar plus the bowling alley. Um, they got probably, you know, 30 beers on tap. And they always got, you know, good local brews and uh, always something there you can pick out. And I saw, I saw that and I was like, oh, yeah, winter's coming. Let's have some uh, chocolate, chocolate uh, stout, black forest cake stout, whatever. So, yep, good beer. I gave it a four, I think, four, four. Four, four point two five. No, four. So, um, yeah, uh, good beer if you can find it. Definitely mm-hmm. uh, heavy and just uh, it's a good one to hit right off the top of your drinking. I'd say if you hit this, you know, four or five beers in, maybe six, you'd be you're gonna stop drinking at that point because <laughs> you're... you're like I'm full, which might be a good thing. So. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, but, yeah, all this is on Untapped. It's actually, now that I've gotten to, I know I was bitching about the Untapped app on the mobile a little while ago, just on how it was, the ex- accessibility of it and all that. But, mm-hmm. like, with everything else, you get used to it. Um, this does have, it's, it, it has a rich, like, you can just fall down a rabbit hole just on one particular beer or one brewery and get a lot of information on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really cool. And, and, um, I, I, it's a, it's a pretty valuable tool for the, the beer connoisseur, I'd say. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what? I think it's a lot of it is in how you use it too. Like, right. uh, if you're just, if you're just, uh, checking in and, uh, not really, I don't know. I, I mean, you can use it to see like where beers have been most recently sold, like as uh, like limited yeah. supplies dry up and stuff like that. But yep, I never even really think to use it like that. So 
I guess that's on me, but yeah. Right. Well, it's 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 there for you if mm-hmm. you want to use it, and if you just want to use it for podcasting purposes, yeah, that works good too. too. I was just thinking though, and this idea has probably already been taken. I'm sure it's been, but I I've never heard of it, so I'm just gonna trademark it right now. Or if anyone decides to do it, if you've never Uh, heard of it, it's not stealing. Yes, Um, I uncorked. Mm -hmm. There should be an uncorked app. There absolutely should be. Right. Yeah. Um, Because wine's even more like. I don't know. At least for me, I, I can never remember what wines I've had. And I don't even no. drink a lot of wine. Yeah, because they don't um, have those. I mean, now they're getting better and better labels. But mainly it's just, oh, yeah, I had a red there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had a darker red there. Yeah. Oh. Delish. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's your idea. and uh, Get on it. Yeah, if someone wants to... Uh, do all the legwork. Um, I assume you'll give them 10%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, what, uh, you know, what the, the Lord asked for. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Why, are you better than the Lord? The Lord? Yeah. Sorry. I stumbled over my tongue there. Maybe that was the Lord saying it. <laughs> Uncork. How do you spell cork? Corked? Uncorked. I guess it'd be what? C-O-R-K-D? Okay, there is an uncorked. Wait, no? Unwind? Untapped? This is... Man. I think it's... uh, Why wouldn't we do this? Mm, Maybe. Uncorked wines. Anyways, I don't want to spend all the time mm, yeah. giving away my my uh, <coughs> my shark plate my shark tank plans. Yeah. Hey sharks, <laughs> have I got something for you? <clears throat> Anyways, um, back to the the episode or back to not the episode but the uh, the talk. Um, we are on on, on Untapped. Oh, yeah. You can follow us. Uh, we are sorry, I'm making all kinds of noise. Um, we are Brewing View Pod, and you can follow us like some of those great people, like Brennan and Tyler, uh, Brant. Brennan's having a props oil oil porter. Man, I'm yeah. having a hard time. And that's from the place that uh, you took us, right? I mean, we were. Um, we were I don't, or we were. I don't think we went there, but we you. Uh, I definitely had some beer for there for. Uh, yeah. For you guys. Yep. And he also had a Black Widow from also from Props. Nice. Um, oh, Mister Orange Peel had some Elf Juice. Mmm. That sounds. Uh, oh, it's a spice spiced herbed beer. So it. Uh, he only gave it a two point four five. So I don't know how much he liked it. <laughs> It was only 5.1, so it can't be that good. Mm. And Devin had a permafrost, uh, which he liked a lot, it seems. Uh, So, yes, everyone checking in, checking in with us. Check it. Uh, It's fun to play with, Mm -hmm. and you can get lost, like I said. Oh, yeah. It is for the beer lover in you. So, now we're properly lubed. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get into some of those tubes. Yes. 
to the lube tube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk some views. Um, yeah. I assigned you a movie that I'm very curious about. Um, yeah. One that you brought to my attention, and uh, so I sent you down into the coal mine. Yeah. Uh, so I remember, I don't know how I knew about this, um, but so anyways, uh, this movie is called Romper Stomper. It's uh, from uh 1992 it is an australian made film with i guess an off australian uh director um jeffrey wright starring russell crowe and then um some dudes pretty much um and one chick um and obviously russell crowe went on to great and wonderful things like throwing mm-hmm. phones at people yeah um <clears throat> And, but let me look, I'm trying to see if this is his first one. I can't imagine that it is. No, it's not. He did some, he did some, uh, TV stuff and uh, a couple, yeah, he did a good bit of stuff before this. So, um, anyways, so this movie is, okay, this is, um, it's, the story of it is, it's about a group of skinheads. Mm Mm-hmm. In the early '90s, in Melbourne, Australia, and just like a couple week or couple day span of time, so it's not a real long period of time. Just, but a kind of a snapshot into these these guys' lives. So um, this was like raw uh, footage. It's all it was all shot on 16 millimeter, so it's it feels like that. It's um, very it's it's edited together very um frenetic it's um uh some some odd shots and camera work um going into this uh he he was trying to do stuff with limited budget and limited um uh uh actually probably skill but he had some ideas okay the the director and Mm -hmm. um he did write it as well, um, uh, Jeffrey Wright. So basically, it's it's a, um, Russell Crowe or Hando, as he is called in this, is the leader of the skinhead gang, and basically their main nemesis are the um, the Asian population that has moved into uh, the cities in York or in Australia, and um, <clears throat> and so that's their their main like thing now all these guys it it rang true like you know how sometimes races are just racist to be racist yeah you know what i mean and there's no like there's no subtlety um in their characters now this you do have a lot of that in this but there's also some subtext to it and a little bit of a story because you do you're, you're everything seen through the eyes of these guys and their day-to-day life and their ups and downs and what they're dealing with. And <clears throat> basically it just shows you the, um, the, the recklessness, the recklessness of their lives and, and their viewpoints. And it they kind of go hand in hand, you know, they're, um, uh, immature, really immature behavior at times. And it kind of, blends into what their lives are mm-hmm. because you know I, I mean i know 
people who have said racist things don't necessarily know that they're like <clears throat> quote or full on racist like you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they are they do they have racist tendencies. And I'm sure I I do the same thing. You know, some people could look at some of the stuff I say or do or whatever and say, Oh, he's this or that. Uh but this they it's a little hyper hyper realized in this. So um there's there's a love interest. Um there's some uh there's some some definite uh like some mind washing, some I don't know. It's 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 an interesting movie. It's really raw. It's like very raw, and uh, from the acting, but also to the filmmaking itself, which gives it a kind of an edge um, that I I kind of liked. It wasn't. It's not. It's not a great movie, but it's not a bad movie either. You know what I mean? Um, I would probably. It's not a long movie. It's and it, it goes by pretty fast. It, it doesn't bog down too much. There's one or two points where I might have looked at the my watch, but for the most part, I think it was. It, it it moves along pretty good. I gave it a seven. Um, it's right on that like six point five edge, you know, like either six or seven. Uh, but I gave it a seven. I'll, it, you know, with time, I may look back on it and think, oh, that was silly. But it's really fresh in my mind because I watched it today. So uh, I'm gonna stick with that. Um, um yeah. It, there's some intimidating moments and uh, it, it's interesting. Um, you juxt you juxtapose it with like a movie like Green Room. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot, a lot of similarities as far as the yeah, with Green Room. It was a lot of quick cuts, quick jump, you know, movement and stuff like that. Just to, um, I think try maybe even in my mind was like to try to capture the state of mind of the people that they were trying to portray. You know what I mean? Like, um, everything is. I don't know. It, I don't know. It, everything's punk rock. It's it's fast paced. It's it's you know everything's moving a mile a minute. Um, there, there was some um, the soundtrack in this is pretty. I mean it's not it's good. Be, it's not good because the songs are pretty bad. Well, um, I don't know. I there's uh, it's all punk rock, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah and it's, so it's it's interesting. It's an interesting soundtrack track. Um, yeah, it's not as good as Green Room, but uh, still pretty good. So uh, check it out. I would recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime right now, and it's worth the watch. Um, see Russell Crowe doing his, his racist thing. <laughs> doing his racist thing early. Yeah. Early on. Yeah, he, he kind of um, – so when I look at the IMDb um, page, he kind of looks like, like they're going for an Edward Norton thing, but then also – you know, that's just the look of Nazi skinheads. Um, yeah, and it so, is before that. Yeah, so. it's before American History X, so it's not even trying to, like, capitalize on that. I'm actually um, thinking that they might have used this as a kind of a, like, the, the really, like, his dark, really dark tattoos. Yeah. It doing, you know, kind of aping <clears throat> this. Kind of a so it's, for that. Nice. Yeah. All right, nothing wrong with that. Uh, which kind of bummed me out. Well, it was kind of interesting. I was looking at some of the trivia on this. Uh, ben Mendelsohn, Ben Mendelson, mm-hmm. who was one of our favorites, oh, yeah. was supposed to play the lead, but when he shaved his head, he wasn't intimidating enough. And um, 
So I guess uh, Russell Crowe really wanted to play this role, and he kept harping on the director, harping on the director, and finally gave it to him. Uh, one of the bad things is the the second the co-star to him, uh, Daniel Pollock, who plays uh, his like first first hand or his right hand man, mm-hmm. uh, uh, killed himself as soon as this was over, which is kind of a bummer. He was, uh, I guess, a known heroin addict, so I don't know what that was all about. So I uh, really, I liked his, I liked his character a lot. And that really bums me out that we don't get to see him anything else. So, yeah, that sucks. That is a fucking shame. That's weird. That, uh, it's just weird to think about. I don't know. Sometimes it's like <clears throat> when you're watching like older actors and it's like, Oh, they're, they're gone. It's like, okay. Well, yeah. Well, well, you know, yeah, that but... happens, but, and then eh, obviously, Suicide is is uh, not a new thing, but um, yeah, to circle back to uh, Green Room, yeah, it's yeah, like it's just so yeah. strange. Like you see someone you really like, and it's just so strange to think like, oh, Anton Yelchin gone, he's done. Yeah, yeah. and I think he's got a he's got a movie coming out like soon mm-hmm. too, which is sad. But yeah, bummer. Yeah, so that, a couple weird weird parallels in those Nazi movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, know. very good. Uh, the the set designer the, the uh, they had a lot of Nazi paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I don't know if that's yeah that that uh, reminds me of Green Room. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah that's all I got. To say. <laughs> the Nazi movie had Nazi paraphernalia, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, just a I lot. can't abide. Yeah. So you got to see a movie that I didn't get to see yet, and I guess you can tell me. Oh man! Well, if it's worth a watch, I will tell you. Uh, it depends. Okay. So I watched "I'm Now: The Story of Mud Honey," um, <clears throat> which is a documentary from 2012. And uh, if you're wondering, like, hmm, I've never heard of that, or I've never heard of Mud, mud Honey, when you search, first I'm, of all, shame on you. Yes. When you search I'm Now on IMDb, it, there's that drop down of eight suggestions, and none yeah. of them are I'm Now. Really? Yeah. The first one is Kim Novak. Uh, <laughs> Kim Novak, I'm Not There, I'm Not Here, The Man from Nowhere, I'm Not Ready for Christmas, which, oh, shame on you. Um, I'm Not Ashamed. You should be. You're not ready for Christmas. Jim Norton <laughs> and uh, another actor named Jim Norton. Why is this not the first thing that comes up when you search its title? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think Mud Honey is. Um, <clears throat> they never really had that like larger than life moment. Um, you know, they never had the the breakout, the runaway success that some of the other the Pearl Jams and the Sound Gardens and their Nirvanas had. Um, but they were right. all um, kind of springboarded from Mud Honey. And you can trace it back a little further than that, Green River, and um, if if you wanted to. but uh, Yeah. Well, I think, well, to put it in movie parlance, mm-hmm. um, the, reason, the reason Kevin Smith made or uh, uh, clerks was because he went and saw uh, slackers mm-hmm. 
Um, and like he's like, oh, you can do that. And right. I think Mud Honey might be that to these other bands, like to Alice in Chains. And yeah, to- yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, I uh, so the documentary. It well, uh, it's the documentary that tells the story of Mud Honey. From their very beginnings to following them on their recent world tour and everything in between, complete with testimonials uh, from friends, music industry veterans, and musicians such as Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament of Pearl Jam, Kim Gordon and Thurston Moore, Sonic Youth, Kim Thale uh, from Soundgarden, and Mudhoney themselves. It, uh, it's billed as the true story of the founding fathers of grunge. And... Uh, I would say you should know right there if you want to watch it or not. Um, so from from my perspective as someone who I love Mud Honey, I love um, uh, I wasn't growing, you know, I, I was not into music at that time. Um, so like looking back, I, I have this like fondness for, you know, something that you're just that you feel like you just barely missed. Um, yeah. So, like, I really enjoy uh, kind of all that, all this like early stuff of the the like burgeoning Seattle scene, um, and uh, so it was cool to kind of hear it from the source. Uh, and I would say, if you are into that, then this gets a strong recommendation. Okay. Um, as far as like a documentary goes the <laughs> the good and bad thing about mud honey is they never had any sort of they never had the high highs and the low lows that um are just often associated with a compelling stories so it, it kind of is just a a nice just even ride um it's <laughs> it's it's, it's at one point, they are making fun of the. Um, is I didn't know that uh, Mark Arm was addicted to heroin at any point. I mean, oh. just because uh, it. I mean, it was a huge. It was huge in that that scene, but um, you either saw people succumb to it or or something. Like he was just quietly. Addicted to H. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but they even, they kind of make fun of music documentaries. They're talking about, um, like, oh, they talk about, like, oh, I was so wild and I did this, that, the third. And then the music gets soft and, and somber and it's like, don't ever do heroin. And he's yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, I, I did heroin and, and now I don't. So, um, <laughs> It is just like if you're looking for a dynamic crazy story, it's just not here. Right. Um but like I said, if it's one of those things where um if if you're interested in it, there's there's a lot of good information here and uh a lot of good music to, you know, the soundtrack's great. Just kind of like pop in on these uh um you know, hits hits and or I guess they weren't really ever hits, but you know, these songs you love and then maybe songs you miss because Mud Honey still pretty consistently puts out music. Um, really? How many albums do they have out? More than I mean, five. Uh, yeah. But, like, I really only, 
I've heard a couple of their albums, but I really only listened to um, Super Fuzz, Big Muff, and Mud Honey. Right. And I think that that's a lot of people. So yeah, um, that's um, that's the downside of growing up when I did, or kind of when you did, but it a little less so. Um, is that, and of course, like just at that time, like there were so many bands, so many, um, you know, uh, so many that the and music was going off into so many different places. You know, it was we had the pop, we had the rock, we had uh, the glam rock, we had the grunge, we had rap. Everything was like. And we had hip, like uh, R&B, and all that stuff was like, just like branching out into about a hundred different things. And it was hard to put your finger on it, anything. And like where I yeah. grew up, it was like, oh, you hear the popular, what's what's on the radio, right? right. And then if you're lucky enough to have a, a record store, then you can go in there and just kind of ask or see what's, you know, see what's available. Um, you know, and that's how I like found like bands like Alice in Chains. Like I found Facelift. And like, and it like, I was like, what is this? And I didn't even know if I liked it, liked it. And then dirt came out and I was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. now I really like facelift, you know, from Alice in Chains. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Now I get it. And, <clears throat> and like, and I had a record store when I was in college and this is, you know, 95, 96, there's a record store that was awesome because they would have little sampler CDs that they give you. Uh, with just a bunch of singles on it, just the the new releases this this week or this month, and it would have fifty different songs on it. Maybe not fifty, but maybe thirty different songs. And I just go through them, see which one I liked and stuff, and I go and buy that that album. Um, and like at that time, like you needed to be like uh, Adam Crowell's Adam Crowell is doing a new doc uh, about K Rock and all how influential that that whole scene was like that K rock scene was and like how they never had to deal with just the constant rotation of crappy music on, you know, it was always, they were, that was like a taste setter K rock was. So if you could access that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but anyways, um, I guess that's to say that, you know, like I never, I never found mud honey until, I mean, it was, I was in college, I think. Definitely. Oh, yeah, I was in college. I mean, everything else was, you know, Nirvana, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, uh, you know, as far as the grunge scenes. Right. So. Uh, yeah. So other things happened in the 90s other than Pearl Jam. Um, yeah. They did, they did have an interesting take on it. Um, and it's not really something they focus a lot on, but they did say something interesting about um, the uh, how the... Seattle um, disappeared from the uh, from popular culture after uh, Kurt Cobain's suicide because all of a sudden it was like oh this uh, this this is a very negative scene uh, we're moving on so oh. <laughs> so like pop culture like kind of is like it's yeah. kind of like what people are thinking the NFL now you know it's like oh this is violent <laughs> I gotta go. Uh yeah, it it's uh it is kind of um kind of funny that the, it just it fell out of favor literally overnight. It was like, oh, um and that's just you can see that happen throughout pop pop culture with like any tragedy like you look at um stuff that started coming out immediately after 9/11 or like uh D12 put out an album and like they 
had a single. Oh. Yeah, they had the single fight music. Which, yeah, which happened like like I think it music was still coming out on Tuesdays, and yeah. so that dropped and then nine eleven happened and it was like, uh, hmm. yeah, yeah, everyone just kind of was like, well, we're gonna that's a good we're gonna be too. nice to each other. Devil's Night, Purple Pills, Purple Love Pills, it. yeah, yeah, that was oh, that's such a great lead single. Mm-hmm. Um, but they talk about that too. I mean, they're. Um, they're a huge part of sub pop, which was, um, sub pop's really kind of an interesting subject unto itself. They were, they started out as a super indie label and they, their goal was to function and, um, portray themselves as, as a major. And now they're pretty major and they try to, uh, their brand is very grassroots. Like that's what they're right. So So it's kind of, so yeah, a little more, a little more insight into a scene that I'm already into. Uh, I gave it an eight. I think it's well put cool. together. Um, they have great access. Um, and uh, it was informative on a subject that I really like. Uh, but I think if you, like I said, if you just read the um, IMDb description. You're either in or out. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I, I don't like Mud Honey. Or I don't listen. I don't know who that is, so I'm not that. Just like music documentaries, yeah. You know, I don't think you have to be a fan of the band to to get anything out of this. But I think you should know yourself well enough. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I liked it a lot, though. I'm glad that I uh, I found it. Sorry, or that you found it for me, rather, because like I said, it seemed to have just gotten buried, and it's right up my alley. So. Yeah. Good. Good. I'd like it. I'll try to check it out. Um, so I, um, well, did you, did you end up, did you finish the wall? Yes, I did watch the wall. Okay. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Sure. Sure. All right. Cause you watched it last week and uh, mm-hmm. we did, I was trying to remember if we talked about it. I was like, did I drink that much? I, when you said I didn't talk about it, I was like, oh, man, how did I forget that? But I'm looking at it. Um, my, like I have a notebook with, um, that I just kind of jot down while we're while we're going, and uh, we we talked about uh, what movies we were going to talk about because we had a lot of them, yeah. and uh, I did not even write the wall down, so okay, I don't think we talked about it. All right, we'll talk about it. Yeah, um, did you finish it? I did not. Okay, no. Nope. Um, the wall is a small, uh, small cast, small location. A uh, movie that is streaming on Amazon right now from this year uh, stars Taylor Aaron Johnson, John Cena, and the voice of Laith Knackley. Um, and uh, it's about two American soldiers who are trapped by a lethal sniper with only an unsteady wall between them. Um, and uh, I, I don't know about it. John Cena. John Cena's fine. Doesn't bother me at all, but uh, I guess he'll he'll never be The Rock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like he he seems like he's he's a capable enough actor, but he just doesn't have that um, that charm that The Rock has. Right. And uh, I'm only comparing the two because of them being wrestlers prior to getting it, trying to break into acting. Right. Um, but Aaron Taylor Johnson, I 
man, he's gonna I be f- good, right? I feel like he should already be. Like I feel like it's. I, I'm just worried it's never gonna happen for him. <laughs> Because he's really good, um, and like, I mean, he's been getting good roles since Kickass, and yeah. now we're start. I feel like I'm starting to see him more and more. Well, I, I feel like Godzilla didn't do him any favors. I feel like that was supposed to be the big like, this guy's a leading man blockbuster, um, but I loved him in Nocturnal Animals. Um, well, I hated him in Nocturnal Animals, which. He was, was just, I mean, yeah, he was, which mission accomplished. That, that was the mark of uh, him doing a did, good job. He was unrecognizable, literally. For oh, me. yeah. Yeah. Like, I had I to like, look oh, it up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm, just, I'm just worried that it's not going to happen for him. And I hope, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope it does. Um, and this movie, you know, relies on him a lot. It's, uh, an hour and 28 minutes long and you spend a huge chunk, probably like 99% of it is, well, I guess a hundred percent of it. It's really, it's really him. Um, right. Yeah. Pretty quickly. John Cena, um, lands himself in, in peril. And, uh, you just, you're kind of left with Aaron Taylor Johnson and, uh, him uh struggling to survive and uh Lath Nackley um talking to him. Okay. Like, I don't think he ever appears on screen, just just in the voice. Um which is cool. Um so yeah, it's a small cast, small setting. Um I just I think I texted you. I was like, you know, I I don't know how realistic this is, but I'm glad I watched it. Okay. Um it's a it's kind of a 180 from like the uh testosterone fueled um action war movie um but right it, but it doesn't have the um that uneasy authenticity that you get from like uh oh man what's the Jeremy Renner movie uh, Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty. Like, it doesn't... Um, one, it's not as... Well, it's not as polished as Zero Dark Thirty, but it it's not as visceral as the Hurt Locker. Um, so it's kind of just a s- slow burn. Um, uh, I ended up giving it a six. Um, I'm not rushing out to recommend it to anybody, but it's definitely one of those things where you could do a lot worse. And, okay. Uh, if you're interested in seeing how a uh, like how people pull things off, as far as um, filmmakers, I should say it's it's uh, written by Dwayne Worrell and directed by Doug Lehman. Yeah, um, Doug yeah, Doug Lehman, who uh, he did all the born yeah. stuff. And... Yeah, he um, has, no, he did. Um, well, he was a producer. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he um, he's made some big movies. This must just have just been because this is a pretty small movie too. Um, it definitely doesn't have the budget of his other stuff. So uh, if you if you're just interested in how people make things work as filmmakers, it's it's worth checking out. Um, and it's entertaining enough, and it breezes by too. But it is one of those where it's like, well, 
I, it, it portrays itself and treats itself as a true to life scenario, but, um, I'm, I'm fortunate that I don't know, but I, I don't necessarily buy it. Gotcha. So gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, um, I mean, I know that like, um, I think I said this before in my other podcast, but like the hurt locker, mm-hmm. I don't know if I said it here with you, but, um, it, that movie, um, it, at one point made me uh, regret the fact that I had not uh, uh, joined because I was really close to uh, joining mm. the armed services. And then by the end of it, I was happy that I hadn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not know that because I, I was interested in becoming a pilot. I don't know if I've ever, I know I haven't talked about that on Mavs. I really don't talk about it much, but right. They have such stringent. I have um, two plates and thirteen screws in my my arm, and they have s- th- who they let even attempt to become pilots. They have such uh, stringent right. guidelines. And I was like, well, I guess I'll go to college. And then about nine months later, it's like, well, I guess I better figure something else out. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, it's one of those things where I'm I'm I uh, I'm very appreciative of the job that they do, but I, I'm also glad that, um, cause I, there, I didn't know what I, I didn't know what I was signing up for at, uh, you know, at 17 when I'm looking to get more information about, yeah. and, uh, you know, my parents have to put, try and put four kids through college. So yeah. 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 I don't know. That's, that's definitely a conversation for another day or another, another podcast. Yeah. So. All right. Um, well, uh, you said you gave it a six. Yeah. All right. Um, I did end up watching a movie, another movie with my son. My son turned six this week. Boss baby. Yes. Well, we did watch that again. <laughs> yes. We, that's um, on constant rotation. But uh, so for some weird reason, his cousin, which is who is like a year and a half older than him, is obsessed with Jaws, the movie. Mm-hmm. That stuff oh, nice. all over his, all over his uh, room, posters and all that stuff. And I'm like, and Liam's like, well, I want to watch Jaws. And whenever he was five, there's, you know, <laughs> at that, at that age, you know, turning, turning six is a big deal deal. It's not like when you were five, mm-hmm. you know, and the uh, whole world <clears throat> is opened up to you. Yes. And he uh, he desperately wanted to watch Jaws, and and I looked at my wife. She looked at me and just shook her shrugged her head, and she's like, "You're the guy with the movie podcast." Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, absolutely, you're right. I got to <laughs> do my due diligence." <laughs> you're right. So, and I say it's time. Yes. Nice. So we did. We sat down and watched well the first first half half the first well I'd say the really Jaws is it's. It's two acts and then a third act. It's its own movie, which is weird. Um, well, yeah, I mean, because it, it it kind of becomes a creature feature. Yeah. Not well. Oh, is not a dirty word in my book. Not only that, yeah. No, I mean, but like, yeah, and I'm like, I'm sitting. We we have we brought our TV downstairs. We got it mounted, and um, we're watching it. And my son has wide eyes, and you know. I covered up his eyes for the Ben Harper um, or Ben Gardner, you know, one-eyed. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, reveal and and covered his eye when the leg fell to the bottom of the pond, 
uh, you know, where all the old ladies swim. And uh, I covered him, for, but for the most part, he, he hung in there and stuff. But if you watch that movie, and there's something that's came, and I, I see something new every time. Mm-hmm. And I have a smile on my face the whole time. I, man, I dare other people to watch this and not just fall in love with it each time. Because I don't think I don't think it's dated. I really don't. Like I don't think it. Like pe- if people say it doesn't age well, who says that? I don't know. I'm just I'm you know thinking of of you know yeah, Strawman arguments. All that the could all be. like Alex Strawman out there. Well, yeah. I mean, saying it doesn't saying it's not dated to me is or saying it doesn't age well to me is the same thing as saying it holds up. Yeah. Like, right. You no, gotta you gotta give doesn't. a reason. Yeah. But. But so I and I fall in love with this movie every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, the scene where he's sitting on the beach, and it's um, it's after the first attack, and they're all sitting there, and he's just kind of leery, sitting on the, on the beach, and you know uh, the the one person comes over and starts talking to him. He's trying to you know look out into the surf, and then you know the girl starts screaming, and then like the boyfriend stands up you know, underneath him. And then, you know, bad hat, Harry comes up. Mm-hmm. So as <laughs> to cut each shot of that, it's not cut with just changing the camera angle. As, as you're watching someone walks across the stream, as soon as it walks across the stream, it flips to the next, to the next shot. And it's a continuing continuation of the scene. And it's all his point of view. So you're watching it from chief Brody's eyes, or you're watching it from where he's looking back straight at him. Mm-hmm. And every time it switches a shot, someone's walking in front of the, of the camera and it's very subtle. Um, and it, but it's fascinating that like it blew my mind. Like every time someone walks by, it mm-hmm. switches that shot. Wow. And, um, and of course you get that, that classic zoom in, pull out, um, shot which is you know you know hitchcock did it yeah um but uh uh just 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 a great is it zoom in and pull out or pull in and zoom out i don't know which one it is but it gets that effect of you know uh grabbing you so anyways uh it was great uh great scene uh great movie we got to the part where they're on the boat and and we had to quit because it was it was night night time and uh, so we're gonna continue watching it probably tomorrow so to watch the uh, the story of the Indianapolis. Nice. Yeah, you you definitely stopped at a pivotal moment. I'm uh, I'm disappointed in you as a fan. So uh, if you get a chance to <laughs> yeah watch that watch that scene. Uh, yeah, I know. I think uh, it's, um, it's streaming on Netflix. Okay, yeah, I should not, have a copy uh, of I know, it, but well, Fredo has it in too. Case I don't. On, oh, on nice. There. So, so, um, but it, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's right when the Kittner boy has a, has a bad day, and that, that whole scene is just, it's a, like you'll, you'll appreciate it. I think, I hope, because mm-hmm. it blew me away. Maybe I'm just easy to please. Uh no, I doubt that very much. I'm sure that I will enjoy it. Oh, don't you tell me. If I'm not easily. <laughs> Stop being so difficult. Mm-hmm. You're Alrighty. pleased. Well, uh, any other movies you watched? Anything else you want to talk about before we start um, doling out some? I finished The Punisher. 
I don't think I had finished it. No, I didn't finish it last no. time we recorded. Um, <clears throat> but really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's uh, you know a a superhero show, so um, things do happen uh, that that are very much improbable. The Punisher gets mm-hmm. shot a lot more than his enemies, um, <laughs> but still. Manages so to pull it together. Um, my biggest complaint about it... Uh, There's more sadomasochistic... Or no. It's uh, sadomasochistic. Yeah. Or that. It's or, uh, yeah. the one where you like to hurt yourself. Is that it? Depression. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, how dare you? Um, no, I don't... Yeah, masochism is hurting others. So sadomasochism... I, I don't know. Um, either way, uh, I I really enjoyed it, and that's coming off of a string of misses for me. I really liked um, Luke Cage until uh, about the midway point, where they kind of like switched villains, um, and then it got just kind of like uh, this premise has already run its course and we're about, only about halfway done. It's still got seven hours of this. Right. Um, Iron Fist just from the start, I was like, mm, no thanks. And Defenders was very meh. Um, this uh, has me hopeful that they can continue to to make some good stuff. Cool. Because I thought it was fantastic. Um, again, my biggest complaint is like they need to cut their episode order and they're not, they're obviously not going to because every standalone Marvel show they've done has been 13 episodes. I think since, um, the first daredevil, that might not be right. Um, but isn't that like just a defenders was eight episodes, but Luke Cage and iron fist were definitely 13 episodes each. Right. And I didn't feel as fatigued getting to the end of punisher, but it's like, you it's could, a lot. Yeah, that's you can cut three hours of this stuff, for especially sure. when it's when it's a mass dump like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, it's nice to have that at your leisure, like when yeah. it first comes out. But like, you know, there's something to be said with a little bit of, um, you know, uh, TV making and and making the next, you know, wanting the next episode, you know, and letting your letting yourself kind of digest the previous one instead of binge 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 because like i remember certain parts of um the daredevil like the overall arc and i remember that great you know uh, fight scene in the hallway but like i binged that thing in like two days and i can't remember everything about it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean whereas like um a show like breaking bad or even then like i remember i binge watched episode or season three Okay. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was season two. It was season two. It was the one with the, the all airplane. The, yes. Yeah. And that is just it's kind of a a hodgepodge. It's not it's not real clear in my mind. So maybe mm-hmm. there's something to be said for kind of spreading things out over time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you can tell like shows these showrunners and, and the creative teams behind them, they design these shows to be binged watch now. If yeah. You, I, it has you, to be in mind. Yeah. It, well, I mean, if you look at so many of the things now, it's, um, 
there's always this explosive opening and this explosive ending mm-hmm. that try and just keep you in that loop. And, uh, but like shows that were like appointment television, um, I mean, the the last season of Breaking Bad kind of got to that because it was um, it was winding down. Um, yeah. And but, you didn't want it spoiled. It right. was, there's so much there. Yeah. And it was it was in the zeitgeist so much that it had blown up to the point where everyone you knew was talking about it. Right. But if you look at shows that were appointment television like Sopranos, mm-hmm. those shows are a lot harder to they don't hold your interest for three or four hours the way a new show being produced that's going to be released 13 out uh, 13 episodes at once right um so yeah Hmm. it's just it's interesting because i think that it's definitely um a big enough to consideration big enough point of uh consideration um that they've adjusted the creative process for it it's a it's a weird thing, right? Because like, mm-hmm. if anybody told you that, um, like, say Christopher Nolan was going to do a a thirteen hour uh, movie about Dunkirk, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I, why would I watch that? You know what I mean? But right, got it. It's your uh, point of view or your your mindset. You know, when you're watching a TV show. Oh, it's an episode. I can watch this for 13 hours. I want more. But like some movies, you know, when they're they're done, you're happy. They're you know, you're looking at your some. You're like looking at your watch and waiting to finish and all that. So, yeah, it's interesting for me. Yeah. All right. Um, are you ready for your yeah. assignment? Yes. All right. Let me have it. From uh, 2012, I think this is new to Amazon Prime, is a movie, Seven Psychopaths. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw this in theaters, um, but I got pretty wrecked beforehand. So uh, you'll have to tell me if it's worth revisiting. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will. Uh, yeah, it's one of those ones that is like, that should be right. Mm-hmm. That was right in my wheelhouse whenever. I mean, yeah. I think Snatch had came out. Early, uh, a good bit earlier, but if it felt in that same vein. So, okay, cool. Um, you on uh, Netflix, a Netflix original, I believe, a documentary, documentary called Voyeur or Voyeur. Yes. Or Voyeur. Voyeur. I don't know. It's tough to say. It is. I say easy, Voyeur, but... but I've heard people say it. Voyeur. Yeah, many other ways. Yeah. So. All right. Yep. Yeah. So those are two we're going to be watching and talking about next week. And yes. if you don't have the time or inclination mm-hmm. to watch something that no one knows about, and you're just dying to hear what we say, so you want something else to watch, we got you. We're going to give you some. Uh, for me, I'm going to give you a disturbing, depressing, <laughs> odd little movie uh, called The Machinist, starring Christian Bale. And probably for me, his most, probably his most iconic role. Like when people look back, you know, people think Batman, but like he was always second fiddle in Batman. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the role he should be remembered for. Well, I guess, no, I guess I'm thinking, you know, American Psycho is probably the one. Yeah. American Psycho is, if it's not going to be, 
Machinist yeah. is is a, a uh, I guess this is for the full dedication to method acting. Yes. Yeah. This is um, this is uh, dedication or uh, commitment to craft. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So yeah, check out the machinist. Okay. Make your skin crawl. Yes, it will. Uh, and I've got a movie. Um, uh, called The Panic in Needle Park, which is uh, from 1971, starring Al Pacino the year before he became Michael. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's a little movie about uh, heroin addicts in New York City. Um, wow. Yeah. Who's this directed by? Uh, Jerry Schatzberg. Okay. Yeah, so he uh, is known for... Uh, the Panic in Needle Park, Street Smart from '87, which I've never heard of. Destruction of Joe Tryon, Joe Tynan. I've heard of that either. Um, yeah, this is the only movie I've that shows up on his uh, known for resume that I've heard of. But um, it's a it's a solid movie, and uh, I don't know. Um, I think uh, I think we we recommend we make a lot of good recommendations from from the past, but I think that uh, this takes it a little bit off the beaten path. So check mm-hmm. out the Panic in Needle Park on Netflix. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, yeah. So there you go. That's some stuff to watch. Oh heck yeah. Um, we're gonna get a little um, not esoteric, but maybe a little inventive or wistful yeah. or let's have some fun or, or clever maybe mm-hmm. how's that working out for you <laughs> i think it's gonna be good i'm very yeah. excited um but i do need another beer okay all right well you are you can do that all right brb all right i, I gotta admit I'm, I'm transitioning to a budweiser now Oh. Yeah, yeah. Some leftovers from when uh, OT's dad was here. And uh, I was going to drink something else, and I was like, you know what? I want these out of the fridge, so. Yes. Let's just Do get, it for the good of your. Let's just get this oh. over with. Look at that. Pounders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a Budweiser for a long time. Well, no reason to start now. Huh. <laughs> um, it's, it's not bad. It's just it's more what they stand for. Yeah. I uh, I bought a case of. Um, uh, it's not good, uh, mind you. <laughs> let me let me get that on record. But well, I I got a, another case of Twenty uh, First Amendment Brew Free mm-hmm. or Die IPA, and it's the Blood Orange, and it's so good, so good. Just it goes down so smooth. But anyways, um, so you uh, you brought up a topic for tonight for, yes. uh, and you and it was at first I was like. How is this going to work? But it sounds like it could be fun. And I actually did have a lot of fun with it in my mind. Hopefully it comes across in my words um, as I struggle to find them. Uh, but basically it's – well, do you want to explain it? Yeah. Um, I was uh, – we we hadn't decided what to do, and I was kind of uh, racking my brain for – I looked at – we had a lot of good um, – suggestions and, and ideas that I had written down, written down, but I felt like those were ones where um, 
either myself or you would end up, you know, kicking ourselves or, or rush, not being happy with kind of a rush job. So I, I don't know where it, uh, came from, but, um, it just popped into my head and it, it seemed like something fun we could do on the fly. Um, movies or franchises, we'd like to, uh, see the, uh, get the Lego treatment. Um, yeah, obviously the Lego movie was a huge hit. Lego Batman followed suit. Um, they made like a ninja one that just Nin- did, yeah. Ninjago. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was more niche though. That was, yeah, uh, I was going to say that's that for a certain, that probably came out probably two or three years. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I know it, it kind of bombed, but it did like it, it seemed like it had the same feel as far as the funny yeah. and the, um, think, not a reverence, but I think it was released after. Yeah, it was released this year. Yeah, it was in this. It was in the summer. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it did. The, it did seem like um, like the Lego Movie and Lego Batman are very accessible movies. Um, yeah, they're for all they're, audiences. Yes. Yeah, and um, that just that just didn't seem like it was following suit. So. Yeah, we're gonna fix well, that. Yeah, we're gonna fix it. And what what I want to do is like I was trying to think. I was like, oh, there's some like great, um, like one thing about the Lego Movie. It's it's fun, but they can do everything. You can do yeah. anything with the Lego Movie. You know, like with the Batman, you can you can uh, you're mashing up all kinds of genres and and different uh, 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 different Batman archetypes and. Um, all kinds of different characters and just smash them into one and still making it uh, cohesive and funny and poking fun of itself, but actually having a message and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to, I want to try that with in like a couple different ways. Like I, um, I'm going to save it. I'll try to explain it for each one, but um, I'm pretty excited. I want to, so if you could like, I'm talking to listeners now, put yourself in a mindset where you're like, okay, we're going to take, Maybe probably some classics or movies that we probably like or maybe mm-hmm. don't. It, um, and we're going to give them the Lego treatment. And how can we make them better? Or how would they be entertaining? And and how would we do it and to make it entertaining? So put yourself in that mindset. So. Yeah. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah, please. All right. So just to right off the bat to go a little. A little weird, but I it's the first one that came to my head today, and I don't know if it would work, but I think that given the right uh, writers, mm-hmm. I think it could work because there's a lot of story. Um, and you could spend a lot more time in the desert at the beginning um, and do some fun stuff there, but there could be a ton of inside jokes and a ton cut ton of kind of wink, wink, nod, nod at the adults who've seen this movie mm-hmm. before. Um, but I think we could go back and we could, um, hold on. Let me get the, uh, get the right year. Okay. Go back to 1973 and, and, you know, take all the scary things that happened. Um, when, uh, uh, father Marin came to help out that little girl in Georgetown, (laughs) And and take care of Miss Little Reagan um, in The Exorcist. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
um, because I think like you could have some pratfalls and stuff with like because the kids wouldn't know any better, you right. know, if like her, you know, her head can turn around literally as a Lego. Yeah, and that's fine, you know, um, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, your what is it? Your your mother sucks dicks in hell mm-hmm. or sucks cocks in hell. That yeah. could be like your 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 father smells socks that smell mm-hmm. something like that <laughs> you know um have some fun with it uh you know have have the priest like turn to the camera and like kind of give a you know break the fourth wall there a little bit um but i think it'd be fun yeah and disturbing it'd be interesting the rats clawing in the in the attic mm-hmm. you see them scurrying um but yeah I would uh, it'd be interested. And, and of course you have to have Mark Hamill uh have do the voice. Mm-hmm. So I'd watch that. I'll tell you right now. Good. Good, good, good. Uh, All right. <laughs> All right. Uh my number five is uh a movie that's already a little lighter in tone. Uh from nineteen eighty six. Uh Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ooh. Um the uh, able to Ferris is able to pull off the impossible, um, <clears throat> but now he'd be able to uh, build his way out of uh, tight tight spots, tight scenarios. He obviously was crafty and inventive in the real world, and now he's just got more at his disposal. Well, before you go too far, mm-hmm. why was there never a sequel to this? This is a, this is a movie that. Begged for a sequel. I mean, in the there was era a of sequels. Okay. Um, Parker Lewis can't lose. Oh yeah, that was a but that a was TV show. Yeah, it was a TV show a few years later. Um, I don't know. John Hughes didn't do a lot of sequels in that in the eighties, and maybe he uh, maintained filming rights, or I don't know. Um, but I don't think he started doing sequels until uh, and uh, directing sequels until Home Alone two. So, mm. well, okay. well, er, no, yeah. I don't know because he wrote so much stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking. Sorry, I kind of threw off your game. Here, no, but... no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but yeah, this. Uh, in an era of disappointing uh, reboots or like you know cheap attempts to cash in on nostalgia, uh, I feel like this is one of those where it's there's an, there's another one on my list that the same way is like you hear that uh, I need to go back and find that uh, episode of Span the Void where you talk about this because I'm in agreement with you with the whole like people need to grow up about like oh. They're ruining the legacy of the movie when they make, you know, Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. It doesn't affect the original at all. Absolutely not. But I, to kind of look at it from the other angle, there's definitely those those titles that get thrown out. And I'm like, don't do it. Like, why why even try? Um, it just it just it just props up the other one even better. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, I, I like it never ever takes away from the original. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, there's one like, um, 
there's just certain ones where it's like, why even try? Like when Ferris Bueller's Day Off gets brought up, it's like, just don't bother. Like you're you're talking about a movie that is a um, perfect for what it is, and like encapsulated in a certain time period in America and just don't bother because it's not going to be as good. But I feel like if you gave it the Lego treatment and you can, you, that's kind of a way to circumvent that. Yeah. Um, at least for me. So I'd give it a green light. If someone came to me with it. I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Um, you don't want me to pay for this, right? I don't, I can't do that. <laughs> um, but I'd give them the green light. So, yeah. I was just thinking about Matthew Broderick the other day Mm -hmm. and like, I'm not a big fan of his now, but like I was thinking I was, cause I was listening to a book. What was it? It was uh, the new Dan Brown book uh, origins and it's about AI and stuff. And I was thinking, Oh, this, I was thinking about war games and I was thinking about Matthew Broderick and I was, I was thinking, well, he's never been cool since first Bueller. No, like he's never even tried to play the cool guy. Right. Like he's, he's not gotten always, that role. No. And it's weird. Like usually in that time period, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, as well as the sequels, like as soon as you got typecast, you were that guy. Yeah. For the rest of the time. Didn't matter. He didn't like, have to worry just, about that. <laughs> yeah. He didn't go that route. No. That's funny. I never thought about it that way. <clears throat> no. Oh, well. Poor guy. All right. Yeah. Poor guy. And yet he still has uh, his lucky lady. They're still married, right? Uh, what's her name? Um, Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Sarah Jessica. I don't know. Good, good, good luck, but I'm not, I'm not worried about you guys. No. Nope. <laughs> not thinking right. about them. No. Nope. Sorry. Sound that's, crazy. What, that's what I do during my day. I think about Oh, yeah, I'm Matthew sure. Broderick. Yeah, that's how you strike me. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyways, my number four, I guess, um, <clears throat> in this. Um, this is pretty much in, in the line I thought of them, mm-hmm. but I thought, okay, so I was thinking that like you, you can't do movies like where, or at least for me, I was thinking you can't do movies that are like, um, that have been like, as far as like, uh, special effects and stuff. Like I was thinking, uh, maybe the fifth element would be fun because there's all that stuff going on. It felt like Lego city, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all that stuff going on. And then I was thinking, well, like they, they did it pretty good when they did that, you know? And I'm thinking right. like all these epic movies, but then I started to think, you know what, what if we condensed like 10 hours worth of movie down into two movies <clears throat> and you told the story and had all the fun and all the special effects you could do it with Legos and it would actually be fun instead of just kind of long and drawn out. Uh, but I'm thinking of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. And make that uh, all Lego. And you, then you could do the Gandalf thing where he, he reprises his role from the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but you get the hobbits and, you know, you're like, everyone's like walking, walking. And then like you just flash to the next other people are walking. And then you go to the and other people are still walking. And pretty much, you know, two thirds of this movie are people walking mm-hmm. and talking. Uh, but then the, the epic scenes and the dragons, you know, and... Um, you know, just it, it could be fun if you like uh, if you if you think of the, the battle in Cloud City mm-hmm. um, uh, in the Lego movie, you could see that as like the battle of Helm's Gate or, you know, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, my nerd is showing. Uh, but, you know, like 
have all that stuff incorporated into one, you know, condensed thing where you tell the story, you get, you, you already know all the characters. So you don't have to reintroduce them. You know what I mean? You don't have to give them that backstory. Like the movies felt like they had to do, you know, you just, you put them in there and this is where they are. And you know who, who they are with just a one word, uh, Hey, I'm this guy. And then yeah. they do that guy. They do that guy things, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> and you can put a twist on it or whatever. So, uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings, I think it would be fun to see that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm down since I've I've not seen Lord of the Rings yet. I'm still. This would be uh, a great abridged. Yeah, I'd like book I'd like you. a nice abridged version, please. Yeah. Um, so that that'd be good. Uh, number four for me is it's uh, <clears throat> another one where I just kind of feel like it's another title that gets brought up, and it's like. Please don't. Just don't even try. Just you're not going to do it right. So, so don't do it. Um, and and that is uh, a, a little movie you might have heard of called Jaws. No. And, yeah. And uh, this came to mind. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I feel like the uh, as it does on every list. Oh yeah, I mean it's one of those where it's it's universally applicable to uh, to pretty much every list we. If we tried, I bet we could. We should go back on our countdowns and do uh, t- top five movies that Jaws, top five, top five list that Jaws applies to. Yeah, that's, I was just going to say, yeah, top five list that, that Jaws should be in. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you you could have, uh, you know, you can, you can uh, soften the blow with some of the scary elements like uh, Ben Garner's boat. <laughs> with just yeah. a, just a head popping off the dismemberment would be a little more um amusing yes or, just uh, see a, a pair friendly. of legs just yeah. floating down <laughs> yeah um i i mean we've seen them do water in the uh in the lego movies that we've seen and uh, it's a cool effect Effect effectively yeah 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 so uh i think it's one that you know you just kind of put like a fun twist on it uh instead of trying to uh recapture the magic um mm-hmm. of trying to re remake the original just uh just go for it with uh legos hit the bricks buddy yep and then like you see like a helicopter pass by and like uh maybe we can wait for later for a helicopter we don't need it yet you know or, yeah you, know. you have a, a whole franchise to pull jokes from and, and right a franchise that that got went from a blockbuster prestige what, what turned into a prestige picture um uh, they get a story that got progressively campier you can pull from all those movies in the franchise that didn't ruin the original so you see like you see like michael kane going by in the catamaran <laughs> and you're like yeah guys yeah um and you could you could mix it up like uh you could have Richard Dreyfuss like, voice it's Quint. It's 20 footer. Yeah. 25. It's the size of a tangerine. You could, uh, yeah, mess mess around like uh, the, the Batman voice cast did. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss could be Quint. Oh, to, yeah. Get to play his nemesis. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be great. A lot of, I feel like yeah. there's a lot of fun to be had, and, and um, it's just it, it's uh, – a great way to kind of pay homage and 
and that I that movie's going to be around forever. But you know, it could <laughs> it it's definitely something that could help. You know, like lead then, like, lead people down the right path. Lead right. young kids to like okay, it's time time to watch Jaws, guys. Time to watch Jaws. Yeah. Um, have like just a, a super inside joke, like a piece of the the shark missing when it comes out of the water. Mm-hmm. Because the shark was always broken. With, like, wires or something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it, like, comes out of the water but goes back down in and, like, glitches. Yeah. And then, you know. Uh, yeah. There could be fun. We should write it. Yeah. Let's do it. Hey, that that would be fun. More, um, I'd give it a try. Cool. <clears throat> but, yeah. Uh, Jaws, number four for me. Sweet. Uh, going back to the dark side here a little bit. But I think it could be fun because I think... Um, there's... Oh no, the call. It's failed. But I'm going to call him back. <laughs> Which is probably a great idea. It failed, so immediately. Well, I'm sure it's fixed now. Oh my gosh, it is. There we go. All there right. Go. So, uh, you're number yes. three. Yes. Um, so, I'm going back to the dark side a little bit. I'm uh, not sure. I think this could actually be made into a comedy because it is, a lot of it is a comedy, mm-hmm. but also very tragic at times. And uh, since I just came off that whole Stanley Kubrick trick or trip, um, I'm going I'm going full metal jacket. Okay. Because of, wow. I can imagine, I could see like the, all the... Um, all the Lego figures going up over all the obstacles and, you know, like just uh, weird little stuff. And I could see the, the writers doing some fun stuff with like uh, Sergeant Hartman and, or Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, um, uh, you know, just, just twisting his lines just a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to make them funny, you know, um, you know, uh, <laughs> You know, you got, I, I'm you trying gotta to give an example that, now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, even when they go to war, you know, you have the pew 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 mm-hmm. thing. I know it kind of, you know, you know, Kubrick had a, a way of looking at, or that was his look at the war, and you know, he wanted to make it real for people, and yeah, this might be taking that too, <laughs> might be a little bit a disrespectful, and I can see why they wouldn't want to write it. So maybe it's not the best idea, but oh, I, I sure as hell would like to see it. I'm struggling to come up with an example, but I'm sure some disrespectful war movies have been made. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So trying to have fun with a war movie, I, I think, you know. Oh, well, I, we'll I mean, the Inglorious Bastards did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not how it happened, I found out, which is insane. What do you mean? <laughs> just the the whole ending. <laughs> that that's not true at all. Unbelievable. What do you mean? What oh, are you talking about? Man, I did not pick up on that. Nearly, nearly. Uh, I'm gonna delete that. No, I'm not. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, I I think that's fun. I think um, you take the uh, that's kind of what they do. Take the piss out of these serious movies, and especially um, Lego Batman coming after uh the dark knight trilogy was serious in tone um and then everything had to get super gritty for dc and that mm-hmm. i think that was coming uh was it after um batman v superman um 
You mean it was Lego Movie? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and even if it wasn't, you know, you still have the the gritty Nolan version. Just kind of take take a little bit of the piss out of it and be like, hey, you know what? We can have fun too. We're yeah. good. we're good at it. Actually, no, it was um, it was before Batman first Beast of Superman because okay. we weren't doing it whenever we weren't doing this. Oh, it's failed again. I'm gonna call him right back again and see if we get the same result. That's a lot less annoying than the Skype call. Oh, whoa! I don't know about that. Mm. Um, I think we were. I think we reviewed both those on this show. I don't think we did a Lego movie. Or, uh, oh, the no, Lego Batman Lego movie. Bat- yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Not Lego, Lego Batman movie. came out. They're probably pretty close. Um, it came out. It came out. Batman v Superman was February of 2016. Yeah, then it, um, it came out after Batman. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Lego put out two movies in one year? The audacity. Mm-hmm. They're not Marvel. Um, man, I want to watch Lego Batman again just because, because I can't watch all these other ones that we've come up with. But, uh, my number three, talk about taking the, uh, piss out of something that's, uh, a little grittier in tone. (laughs) I went with, uh, from 2013, uh, a, uh, bit of a quiet, uh, kind of a sleeper hit. I think this one's going to develop a following. Um, Blue Ruin. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I want to take the um, realistic story of the everyday man, um, <laughs> the, the broken man seeking revenge, and uh, I want to have some fun with it. You know, I just, I just, I know it would never happen. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you said Blue Ruin, I automatically think of Green Room. I just oh. started thinking about Lego <laughs> Nazis. And, like... <laughs> With the... <laughs> they just have the armband. Yeah, they have the red the red shoelaces. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lego Doc Martens. <laughs> that would make the machete scene a lot easier to stomach. Say yeah. that. I'll say that. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> Blue Ruin. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Blue Ruin. Um, same same director, Jeremy Saliers. Uh, this was kind of a breakout for him. Um, this is the second movie. Uh, but you know, the the first thing I thought of was when uh, Macon Blair's character punctures the tire mm-hmm. and like cuts his and, hand and himself. Yeah. Yeah, and I <laughs> just picture like the his arm, the Lego character's arm flying off, and then having yeah. to go put it back on. Yeah, just um, yeah, some, some really uh, just uh, you know, do away with the realism and just go over the top. Um, yes, make it more of an. Uh, Take something that is the antithesis of it and make it more of an 80s action movie. Throw in some right. puns. You know, uh, the the uh, destruction. Um, the, uh, and I'm just thinking about, like, like the scenes where he's, uh, where he meets his friend and they're having their, their serious dialogues. And just how, how, 
um, just kind of a clash of context of this serious dialogue of this this kind of heavy movie. Um, mm-hmm. But it's these yellow faces with the... Yes, just <laughs> talking. Yeah. Close-ups on the, on the faces mm-hmm. and pans back. Yeah. Him living in the car, him shaving off his beard. Yeah. You know? Yeah, shaving off his, like, the, the uh, plastic beard that used to always come with the Santa Claus set. Like, and does it, like, in one swipe? Yeah, and it's just in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, taking off his bad. hair and putting on like a, a more like a, a more a, yes. like a comb slick back or something yeah <laughs> yeah I think we're I th- I think I speak for everyone when I say I'm ready for this yes absolutely <laughs> good one I like it nice thank you thank you all right so all right so in the um in both Batman Lego Batman and Lego the movie mm-hmm or the Lego movie. Um, do you have scenes where you get an amalgamation of all kinds of characters? So in a uh, Lego Batman, you have all Warner brothers, like um, their, uh, their properties. So all the, um, you know, the Voldemort and I'm trying to think all the other bad guys and stuff they had in that, uh, in the, uh, uh, keep thinking quantum of solace but that's not yeah, it um, um the uh the phantom zone right yes yeah and so you have all those amalgamation of characters and they make it work in that movie you know like everyone's kind of fitting in or not fitting in but like kind of showing up randomly and but it it forwards the plot and then if you whenever you go to cloud city you have you know the nba or the two, 2003 NBA superstars. And then you also have like, you know, you also have, you have Gandalf and you have, um, whatever the gray haired gray beard person is from, um, uh, Harry Potter, you know? So like you have, um, all these characters kind of working together to make and forwarding the plot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got me like just an amalgamation of all these characters all under one umbrella. In the Quentin Tarantino universe, we have a lot of characters. Oh, and I goodness. think the right people with the right kind of writing could bring all of these characters, the most like uh, colorful and flamboyant mm-hmm. and, and crass and, and crude characters, bring them all together. You know, you bring Mr. Pink and you bring Mr. Blonde and Mr. Blue, not Mr. Blue, but, um, uh, you know, all the all the big hitters from Reservoir Dogs, you bring, you know, <clears throat> you bring uh, uh um bring Vince Vega, you bring um uh, Marcellus Wallace, you bring uh you know, everyone from Pulp Fiction, you know, mm-hmm. just like three or four characters from each of their movies, you know, yeah. and like have them all interact in some kind of weird amalgamation of a, a Quentin Tarantino verse. Um Well, I mean there there's the the popular theory that um all Tarantino movies take place in the same universe, so yeah, this yeah. Would so be, you get uh, would, the uh, Vega brothers, you know. Yeah. From, Finally, you know. Yes. Now together. you don't have to. You could do that without having to worry about them, you know, aging themselves out of the role. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to, I, I just want to piggyback on that because my number two is Pulp Fiction. So okay. So okay, let me great. join you on this journey. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So you get all that. You know. You get yeah. the. It would be great is when you interact with the Kill Bill universe, you know, yeah. whenever it's just craziness going on. But for some reason, they have to go back to, you know, slave times mm-hmm. in America 
and you have to incorporate Django, yeah. you know, and the dentist. Um, and, and then uh, you got to get the uh, the Jew hunter involved in the Jew bear. Yeah. Uh, and, and they all just end up in some big awkward situation, you know, um, maybe it's some castle or some place where it's uh, somehow feasible for them all to get together. And they in all, this one, uh, they all need to wind up in the diner together that gets robbed yes. at the end of Pulp Fiction. That or in the basement mm-hmm. of the um, in uh, uh, in Glorious Bastards, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and then, that's such yeah, a great she stands scene. For, in the middle. She just stands up. All right, none of you fuckers move. And everyone kind of looks at her, and she like says, "Oh, sorry, I'll get back down." And she goes back <laughs> to her chair. Forget it. Forget it. Forget yeah. I said anything. <laughs> and uh, like someone comes and robs everybody. Yeah, and and they say, "Which one's your wallet?" You know, it says the one says bad motherfucker on it. Mm-hmm. And every wallet, because everyone in there is a bad motherfucker, everyone mm-hmm. has the same wallet. Yeah. He's just flipping through bad motherfucker <laughs> wallets. <laughs> um, in the uh, in the Kill Bill sequence, could because um, they have that anime sequence, it could cut to like live action. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, where it's just awkward people. You actually get some cameos of the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, or you can you know, get like, have you seen those like really crudely mocked up like uh, Lego uh, Halloween costumes? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you and they're uh, all just kind of yeah. walking through. Yeah. You put Lucy Liu in. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name. Mia Wallace. Elsa, oh yeah, the yeah. bride. Um, um, wow, that's bad. Uma Thurman. Yes. Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. Yes. You put them in those. You never see that it's them, but you have them in in the. Yes. Because uh, we don't have budgets in this world. No. No. Get get who you need to get. It'll be a little inside thing, like uh, Simon Pegg being in the Force Awakens. Yeah. And uh, or. Well, I'll yeah, laugh about or it. Or Daniel later. Craig being in the Force Awakens as well. Oh, who was he? He was the stormtrooper that uh, she mind controlled. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Very convincing. Um, yeah, he had he had an indifference about him. Yeah, <laughs> if the uh, if that stormtrooper fell uh, a thousand feet to his death, he would survive. Get shot by a, a laser rifle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Pulp Fiction. I think uh, to me, it's just such a weird movie. Anyways, that like I I think I could find a great degree of value of a shot for shot Lego remake. Yeah, like, I was yeah. Like well, the other ones, you know, next for me, put, but, uh, put a twist on it. I feel like I I watch the whole thing from start to finish and like it just says don't be such a square. It's like a two by two stud. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's a four by four block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. That's I, yeah, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah. I I could see that. Like I would want um, you know, who's, uh, you know, um, Django and the Jew bear going like in like teaming up and kicking butt. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, there we <laughs> go. The Quentin Tarantino verse. Yeah. Yeah. They need to find some, some sort of way to make that happen. Cause I feel like that'd be good. 
be great fan service, and uh, and I think you'd still get a pretty good movie out of it. So, so I'm in. Well, everyone, the winter's so cold in the Hafe Wait, everyone freezes and mm-hmm. then thaws out mm-hmm. in current day. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, like, you know, the Hafe Wait go- takes place, you know, a little after Django, right? I think so, yeah. So, like, you know, Django's a little bit early, older now, and he gets frozen in that same winter, mm-hmm. and they all freeze, and then they thaw out. Right about the time that uh, Reservoir Dogs happens, Perfect. but and it's yeah, but we'd have to get the uh, the uh, what do you call it the um, the Inglorious Bastards in there somehow. Yeah, yeah, we can make it work. Get on it. Yeah, or uh, we could do like a um, <clears throat> a. Uh, Sort of a Saving Private Ryan type thing where you have uh, one of the uh, Inglorious Bastards at the uh, at a gravesite, and then yeah. it's a flashback to to yes. uh, somehow I'll uh, I don't know how we're gonna get the uh, Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill people back there in time, but I bet we yeah. we could write around it. Yeah, there's a write around for everything. Mm-hmm. Or you just flat out ignore it and let the internet. Uh, let the Crush internet, uh, yeah, crucify you while you count your millions. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I prefer to do. Oh yeah, I, they haven't started crushing yet. So as soon as they start crushing, yeah, I expect my millions. Mm-hmm. It's coming. I have a feeling. My palms itch, so I think that's that's a sign, right? Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> or, or for something else, maybe. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, why don't well, that was your you? Two. Yeah, that was my number two. Was was mixed in there. And uh, right. I like it. <laughs> I either want to get a shot for shot Pulp Fiction remake, or I want every Tarantino movie to be together. So yes, I don't think we. I don't. I think uh, it's like I the opposite we... of uh, Alien vs Predator. Um, whoever wins, we win. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in. I'm in for both yes. those. I forgot about Jackie Brown too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Michael the, Keaton, the forgotten Tarantino movie, and and the um, the Vulture. Mm-hmm. And Batman all at the same time. Guy loves uh, birds. Yes. Guy loves flight, guy. flight uh, flying creatures. He literally is Birdman. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay, so my number one is a shot for shot. And this is just nice. for my amusement, just to make me laugh. I don't want kids watching this. You shouldn't watch this because it's going to be gross. Taboo and disgusting. 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 Mm-hmm. But... Give me one second while I look up the tagline. Tagline to Taboo 2. Give me two. Oh, crap. Uh, I don't know if I can find. Oh, yeah. Uh, Two taglines, actually. Their flesh is his fantasy. And 100% medically accurate. Oh, nice. <laughs> I want a shot-for-shot shot redo of I'm in. the human centipede. Not the like, everything that. the same. Yeah. Everything. Like, everything. I want it, the awkwardness to be there. But it, it's just in Lego form. Mm-hmm. It would be fantastic. <clears throat> uh, I like it. <laughs> I... I think it. I feel like Lego is is such a um, 
the brand is just ubiquitous. Like, I, you know, from from Legos incarnation, I feel like everyone grew up playing with Legos. And if you didn't grow up playing with Legos, you grew up playing with knockoffs. So you understand it. Um, and uh, there's something just inherently funny about thinking about doing these shot for shot remakes. Yes, it's fantastic, right? Yeah. It's just, and especially the animation they use, right? Yeah. Um, because it, it's it feels like stop motion. Right, exactly. They nail the feel of it. Yeah, it feels like stop motion, but it's impossible to do stop motion for yeah. this uh, or for, for what they do. Um, and the way the computer, you know, I've seen Lego movies. My son has enough of them that they just right. feel kind of, yeah, they're like Lego cartoons where this feels like, actual craftsmanship that they they put into it not to those guys you know the cartoon but as far as craftsmanship go the human centipede is a as a work of art i'm as as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. um and uh dr what's his name dr Hyder. Mm-hmm. um you know and i just love when the cops show up and they're like inquisitive <laughs> looks to each other <laughs> i'm really liking this all right yeah I think it, I think it would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm ready for this. My my mind and my just, body need this. Just him him walking him through the yard. <laughs> Why? Oh my god! I'm kind of upset uh, that this has a 4.4 user score on IMDb. Oh, that's just haters. Yeah, uh, haters will say it's fake. It's hundred percent medically accurate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom Six, what a weirdo. Uh, I think the tagline was tagline for him. Him centipede to full sequence. Uh, hundred percent medically inaccurate and <clears throat> sick. And that's the third one. Human that's the real question. Centipede three. The tagline is, oh, God damn it. Um, 100% politically incorrect. Oh, wow. Tommy Sace. I never saw the uh, second or third one. No, I haven't either. Well, this Human no. Centipede 3 looks like a, uh, like a long chain. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 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 I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, And these things with these uh, kind of ridiculous premises, I feel like uh, they they lead themselves very nicely to to becoming instantly funny. Yes. (laughs) Just, you know, find the most disturbing one. Like, you know, you get like, I I mean, movies, I like haven't seen like Serbian film or, you know, um, anything like that. like I haven't, I haven't seen Antichrist, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking, um, what was I thinking? Um, uh, oh, Nymphomaniac, the complete, no. <laughs> the complete Nymphomaniac. Well, that would be fun too. I, um, the, I tell you, that movie can't get worse. So, <laughs> I, I sat through the whole sequence and. Uh, it was not a transformative experience, <laughs> but whatever. <sighs> Lars von Trier went for it. I'll give him that. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. someday I'll watch it. I just don't want it showing up on my 
Not uh, my shared Netflix account. I mean, it's an art house movie. Yeah. There, I mean, an art house movie oh. with non-simulated sex scenes, but you know, <laughs> my my wife walked out. There's a there's a pretty graphic sex scene in, in um, Romper Stomper, uh-huh. and my wife walk, walks down and she's like, "What are you watching?" Everyone always like, shows she, up during those. It's weird. Yeah, I know. And I said, "It's uh, it's just a sex scene, and it's Nazis." And yeah. she goes, "Oh, that makes it better." Yeah. So, I want to see those Nazi punks get fucked, literally. And a little bit later, she called me and said, uh, "When you're done with your Nazi sex scenes, yeah. could you uh, check the outside outlet because it's uh, <laughs> not working?" <laughs> I don't mean to take you away from your work, mm-hmm. but yeah. All right, All what's right. your number one? Uh, my number one. I'm thinking franchise here, and uh, right. I'm thinking we need to go back to the beginning. And uh, in in 1980, uh, a little movie uh, scared a generation from going back to camp. And uh, I'm I'm there going go. Friday the 13th. Uh, I don't want to do the shot for shot thing. Um, I think there's a, uh, although I, actually, you know what? I take that back. You know what I'd like to do is go to the um, Friday the 13th, the 2009. I want to go the 2009 uh, remake route. Okay. Um, because what that did was that was kind of a, a best of where it just took all the crazy kills and just kind of, you know, strung together a ho-hum plot. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. The Friday the 13th plot is pretty pretty easy to recreate mm-hmm. as it is, obviously. Yeah. They've done it a bunch. Um, but, yeah, you know, you get the uh, – Kevin Bacon's uh, getting a, an arrow through the uh, neck during uh, coitus. Yes. Um, get the uh, get a kid uh, uh, <laughs> water skiing. Get get him picked off. Um, get some you know Lego Lego boobs somehow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think nice. I think we're all ready. But I th- I think you're you're right to, too with like. You could do the whole franchise and just mm-hmm. like, you know, like you could yeah. have like because it's always the same characters that right. like that are in it. So you could just have that same character like with the people just showing up and like getting killed, and you're like, yeah, and they kill him, and he shows back up again. And they're just in a different scene and or yeah. a different place, and then just keep moving on, and then finally go to Manhattan, <laughs> and then finally go yes. to space, you know, all that stuff. But it would, yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. I feel like um, it's uh, like yeah the, the first one really enjoy, I actually really enjoy the first three mm-hmm. and um, but then yeah it's just you know the story goes to it's it's what happens to all um, horror movie franchises if not right away down the line so uh, just. Nip that in the bud, and, and uh, yeah, we can have we can have the same uh, the same hero keeps showing up, getting uh, like yeah, they, they just have some like brutal murder, and and then you know pop their arm back into place yes. or screw their head back on and yep. just now let's go do this. We yeah. got to stop this guy. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I mean, it, I feel like uh, 
you know, I, I don't know how, uh, how serious these guys took themselves when they're making like, you know, Jason five or, uh, Friday the 13th five or like Jason goes to hell. Um, I'd say like, I'd probably imagine like one out of every three was serious. About Someone it. was like, we're bringing this back. Yes. We're going to do this right. Yeah. This is how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you know what? You're probably right. That wouldn't surprise me if there's always those people who are like, yeah, it's time it's back. And then they're like, this is, this is exactly what we've been seeing. It's just a, you know, a different set of kids. <laughs> yes. No, this, this <laughs> they one's just a, put different hair on different. <laughs> this one's a return to form. Oh yeah. That'd be great. They have just like, um, like the pants color changes. They're like, no, it's someone different. Yeah. <laughs> Same voice. Yeah. Hey, you're Claire. Uh, now you're Blair. <laughs> yeah, you that oh that'd be so good. Just just one uh one character like her outfit changes subtly every time, but her voice and and her name always rhymes. Mhm. And then you have the one guy that just gets killed first every time. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as he's like says one word, he just gets killed. <laughs> and hey yeah, guys. She, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. God Yeah. All right. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, please stop us up. No. 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 <clears throat> yeah. So I think that we, uh, you know, I, I think that our uh, Lego franchises, we we could give Star Wars a run for their money. Like sure. We're, we're yeah, gonna we start could. production right away. Um, we're gonna start dropping these things in December's, mm-hmm. and we're going toe to toe with you. Uh, Star Wars. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going to write up a good script. Mm-hmm. A couple, you know. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Yeah. We're going for it. It's on now. Well, to <laughs> that I say, go ahead and skin it. Skin that smoke wagon. See what you get.